you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Hoo, blah, and blah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Ah, oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Things are bittersweet, I would say, here in Studio 66 at the Dave Damashek Football Program. Welcome to it, though. Uh, of course, you can, as always, subscribe on iTunes. We encourage you, nay, demand that you do so. If you're a member of the Czech Republic or the Rank Amateurs, do the right thing and, and subscribe to the show. I say bittersweet, of course, because it was a great Super Bowl. We had a great time in Indianapolis, but... Now football's all done for a long, long time. Let's talk about it. What say you there? Uh, you can check them out, of course, NFL.com. It's uh, Adam Rank. What's the poop, fellow? What's up, boss? How's it going? You're a little bittersweet. You're not sure. looking forward. There's so much to look forward to, though. Yeah, we're combine. more than we're more than football fans. You know, we did, and obviously you're mentioning the combine, the draft, a lot of good NFL stuff coming up. But still, we got March Madness. We got the opening of baseball season. Yeah. Your Pitt Panthers, they're starting to show some life. They're going to make a run in the Big East tournament. They're going to find a way into the tournament. They just lost to South I'm, Florida don't by Don't worry 10. about that. That's fine. They're going to make a run. I'm heading out this weekend. I'm going to go see UNLV and San Diego State battle Ooh. it out. Uh, Cal State Fullerton, my alma mater, is actually playing good. Albert Pujols. There's a lot to be excited about. If You you just have to I'm have sure, the right perspective. I'm sure, I'm sure your alma mater is proud to hear one of its, uh, one of its top journalists uh, say, my team is playing good. They They're good. Be- <laughs> that's good for our basketball program. That's a pretty good. That's as good as it gets because it's kind of one of those things. But just I think, don't I, get in the way of the baseball program. That's as, all they. That's all they feel over there. As a as a graduate of uh, college, though, I think uh, <laughs> the, the grammatically, I think it's play well is what is what I is what. Oh, I'm sorry, right Dave. Okay, <laughs> sorry, I didn't know. Well, listen. So uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to help you help yourself, Adam. Thank be you. The best Adam you can be. Hey, coming up in just uh, just a minute here. We're gonna. Well, we already did it. We just talked to Victor Cruz. He played for the New York Giants, and he caught a touchdown pass. What a cool thing that is in the record books. As they say, they can't take that away from you. I never liked the phrase, though. You hear coaches say this quite a bit in the locker room. You guys have Super Bowl rings now, and no one can take those away from you. Physically, yeah, I think people can. And, in <laughs> fact, we've seen them on eBay. People yeah. <laughs> give them away, in fact, in exchange for moolah. But, uh, but, the, but having your name etched into the record book for all of time, now that is something you can't take away. Actually, you can. Ask Reggie Bush. 
Ah, uh, true. Touche. Touche, Rank. So, uh, anyhow, so we just talked to Victor Cruz. Good yap with him, and uh, you can check that out at uh, NFL.com, at least on the Damashek blog, davedamashek.nfl.com. You can check that out there, and it should be on the uh, on the main page there. What is definitely there, the uh, post-Super Bowl shame report. We got Ooh. in. There's a lot of focus, as uh, you would imagine, on those New England Patriots. I can imagine. We're going to talk. By the way, Rank, you just tweeted out, always follow Rank at, uh, at Adam Rank on Twitter, and uh, I'm at Damashek. Rank, you just tweeted out, uh, give us your questions, your thoughts from Super Bowl 46. What should we kibitz about today, and uh, what's flowing in there so far? We've got some questions. Michael Fabiano's got a question. Fabiano? Yeah. Who's that? He's the fantasy fantasy guy. Fantasy editor. Yes, our pal Michael Fabiano, Fabiano, the great Fabiano, has tweeted us. uh, What's his question? His question, he wants your take on Todd Haley in Pittsburgh. That's not Super Bowl-related, Fabiano, <laughs> but I'll answer it. Todd Haley, I know that a lot of people in uh, on the banks of the Three Rivers are wringing their hands over this because— They Todd, are. Well, Todd Haley is has some—you know, he, he's been known to have some conflicts. And some good offenses. Sure, but he has also had—I think the headline is, especially leaving Kansas City, as on his way out the door, he suggests that Scott Pioli and company had his phones bugged and everything, which right. is a, sort of a dangerous suggestion. You're a paranoid person. I thought you'd be on board with that. I, I that's not a but uh, Coach Tomlin didn't give me a call to see if I wanted to run the <laughs> offense or anything. Which, by the way, Coach Tomlin, you know, if you want my number, you know, go through uh, Black Tie, the producer. We can we can talk about it. We can see what we can do. But Todd Haley, yes, those issues aside, I'm concerned because Ben Roethlisberger, Kurt Warner, is a guy who says that Todd Haley's a great coordinator. He loved playing for him. He deserves a lot of credit for what happened with that Arizona Cardinals offense a few years ago when Kurt Kurt Warner was under center. Ergo, I think people say, well, then why wouldn't that work in Pittsburgh? Because Kurt Warner is not Ben Roethlisberger. You may notice that they have certain uh, personality differences, it seems (laughs) to me. So Roethlisberger, and plus he had a relationship with Bruce Arians, the former OC who's now going to be presumably working with Andrew Luck and or Peyton Manning going forward. Um, I think that uh, I, I think that overall I'm pleased about it, and here's why. We saw in Kansas City with Todd Haley did with Jamal Charles. Pittsburgh has a guy named Baron Batch who was gangbusters in the preseason last mm-hmm. year out of Texas Tech. Oh, yeah. Knows exactly how to employ a guy like that. If, uh, if Baron Batch's knee is right, then I think he'll really know how to do that. And we also know the thing that I like about Todd Haley is when given – those passing weapons in Arizona, they were dynamite through the air. Kurt Warner to Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, and so on. Mm-hmm. Then he moves to KC, and the strength of that team is is running the ball with Jamal Charles and, and Thomas Jones and so on last year. And so we see that he knows how to play to the strength of the pieces that that's he's given. That's the big so that's thing what right I like. there. And, of course, Pittsburgh has a lot of nice pieces to work with, all those, uh, those Great three re- young receivers, mm-hmm. Heath Miller, and Isaac Redman, and maybe Baron Batch, and I'm not sure the status of Richard Mendenhall, if he'll be, I, I doubt he'll be 100% going into the season. But I like it overall, and he's not the head coach of the team, and he is a guy who understands the lore of Pittsburgh. His old man was a personnel guy for many moons in Pittsburgh, so I think he understands the significance of, of uh, being a part of that organization and probably understands he better behave himself. You know, I, I think that the stink that he has on him, Odd, too, by the way, that it's just a year removed from what he did in, in uh, leading that team to division crown. Mm-hmm. Every I, it, it seems as though that's all been wiped away by right. the the acrimony on the sidelines with Matt Castle. And, but he had that problem in Arizona, too, where he was yelling at Anquan Bolden. Right. I think it was during the NFC Championship game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he has, oh, yeah, that, right, kind of, he has right. that kind of fiery temper, but that's, it's football. Who? I mean, I'm not going to... Worry about it as long as the offenses are good, and he, he's been great. Well, that leads me into, I say, the Pittsburgh organization. Let's talk about quickly here, Rank, before we get to Victor Cruz. We had a great time, a wonderful time in uh, the great city of Indianapolis. I, of course, was familiar with it as an Indiana University graduate. Um, I went to their school of journalism, and that's where I learned to say things like, they played well, Adam. That's Captain what- Grammar, thank you. Well, I, I thought that, I didn't realize that, that was a real uh, complicated well, one to get right. Well, whatever. <laughs> we play fast and loose here, Dave. You know what? Sometimes you make a mistake. In, in the Golden State, yeah. So, 
Um, I what, what I think maybe my highlight of the week was uh, on Super Sunday running into uh, to one Mr. Dan Rooney. The, Dan Rooney. The ambassador to Ireland. Nothing less than the ambassador to Ireland and the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I took a picture with him. It was uh, positively gay. I loved it. And uh, so that was wonderful, getting to yap with him for just a moment. And Black Tie, the producer, let's make sure we put that photo up on uh, the DaveDamashek.NFL.com uh, blog. Um, and also the, the most surreal thing, Rank, I think, of the week was – and the game was great, and we'll get to, to breaking that down in just a second. My other favorite thing about it was uh, being in a bar one night, and uh, who came in but one Mr. Plexico Burris. Oh, wow. Plexico Burris, 10 feet away from us, uh-huh. a man who went to jail, unfairly in my opinion, or right. at least for the length of time he of was course. spent in the clink. was ridiculous. But anyway, Plexico comes in, and uh, the man, he went to jail for shooting himself. Now he is sitting in a bar, in a bar. He's now sitting in the bar next to us, and I felt like people were making jokes. You know, everybody was uh, cracking wise about the pss, 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 all that kind of stuff. I felt like we couldn't have been safer. Lightning can't <laughs> lightning can't strike twice right. in the same There's place. There's no right? way he's still holding. Yes. That's why. I, that, that's why it was a little weird when Plexico said to me, "Why are you sitting so close to me?" And I said, "To be as safe as possible." Absolutely. But uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And then, of course, we did the NFL.com live show for three days, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from uh, from Radio Row. And that was great. We talked to not, you know Hollywood guys like Adam right. Sandler and Will Forte. And then we talked to Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Robert Griffin III. Who was your favorite guest, Rank? I'm going to say Robert Griffin III. He was really, really – if. When you, you when you think of the draft, everybody's just kind of assumed that Andrew Luck is going to be the number one overall selection. I'm telling you, when the Colts start to interview these guys and they get a chance to meet him, he's going to fly up their board pretty good. I and told him that. I said that to his that. face, Robert Griffin, get ready to have the, after the combine, he's going to close that gap quite a bit. And now it looks like, who because the St. Louis FC has the number two overall selection. The Rams, in case you've never listened to the podcast before, Adam refuses to acknowledge that the Rams still exist. I think Because most, he's a, a SoCal guy who thinks that the Rams only exist when they play in Southern California. Which continue. is the correct which right, is continue. the correct thing. I respect Somebody, your stance. Somebody's going to have to trade up to get it, be it Cleveland, Washington, or whom, whomever. They're going to have to trade up to get into that spot, and they might be trading up for Andrew Luck because I don't know. I don't know if Indianapolis can do that kind of thing where they, they pull the curveball because it seems like the safe pick is taking Andrew Luck. But, man, when they start looking at, at Robert Griffin and they start talking to him, and he, he really impressed me, so – I agree. I agree with that. And I'm not one to, you know, to accuse people of anything of, you know, race related. And of course, this isn't directed at any individual. It just seems that the overarching opinion is that I have felt is out there for the last few months is that Robert Griffin III is somehow a gamble more than Andrew Luck or that or forget Andrew Luck, just that there's that RG3, the the horrible nickname that we that actually kudos to Jason Smith, our colleague, who gave him a way better nickname, the potential law student. Robert Griffin the third. He said, "Call yourself the prosecutor." Right. That's awesome. I that mean, is good. If he's smart, if his handlers are smart, they'll start calling him the prosecutor. But anyway, uh, Robert Griffin the third. It has to be because he's he's black. It's he is an African American with dreadlocks, and that's the only reason you would not look at him and think, "Of course, this guy's going to be a star." He's he's got a a cannon. He's he's exceptionally smart. He's obviously very confident. And he can run the ball, uh, you know, like uh, like a running back. What is not to love about these big? He cuts a. He's like, a big guy. Yeah, a lot of people. He's have willowy. To... He's willowy. He's not. He's not filled out like Cam Newton as a for instance. When we met him, he's a monster. He's six foot six, chiseled man, mm-hmm. machismo. You know, he's he was a cool guy. I thought, but Robert I just Griffin, have to interrupt there. I what just, I just don't think uh, Robert Griffin III is as big as. Cam Newton at all? He I didn't say he's as big. I yeah. just said the. I just that's what, just what I said. Black tie. I'm just saying. Like I, I other than the fact that he's black, he uh, he's small. I'll be worried about that if he I was a not I don't small. think he's, he's six, six that, two. That's the point I was going to make. He's is that he's not, he's not. He's no, not Cam. Six, two. He's not Cam Newton, but he's not a small guy. I was expecting somebody real wiry like Pedro Martinez during his yeah. early early days with the Dodgers. No, he's he's he looks like he's put together. I'm like, oh yeah, I, from the eyeball test, I'm like, oh yeah, this guy will be fun. The prosecutor isn't six foot four. 
Six foot two. Really? Were you there? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot when you were on the show and we're standing next to him, you were probably like, Black oh, yeah, tie, please. We Listen, we were under the white hot lights right next to him, man. You don't know how it is out there. We saw him. We glad-handed hey, with him. I was on the sidelines for the actual game. I remember seeing Tom Brady and Eli. And Eli on TV looks like a, you know, lanky little kid. He's a huge guy in person. Sure. I did not get that for them RG3. Well, Cam Newton, like I say, was. We also And by the way, we also talked to Drew Brees, who is anything but a big yeah, guy. Yeah, he's... Can't we do away with this whole idea that a QB has to be six foot four at this point? Michael Vick, Drew Brees, and so on. I mean, what's at this point? Does is it a requirement that you be six foot five? Obviously not. Hey, I'm just saying you can't expect the type of things Cam did in a running game from RG three because he's a lot smaller. All right. Well, the Can only, and will the guy who high hatted us was of course Tim Tebow. He mm-hmm. was supposed to be on the show, but he never showed. Did he, he didn't. Where was he? Who knows? But I caught up with them later in the week. Did you? We did. On a Saturday, I went to a little bar called the Slippery Noodle. I've been there. Oh, what a great place. I, when, I, when I was matriculating at uh, Indiana, I uh, went up to the Slippery is it a, Noodle. Is a it a chain times. or is it just that yeah. one? As far as I know, it's the one and the only. The one, one and Okay, I didn't know. I just I read the story about it. I saw it. Big Head Todd and the Monsters there. You remember See, that band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I saw them there about uh, around about 1992. How good! That's good for you. I saw Sublime when they were first starting out, but that's a good story too. I was sitting there, and we came into the Slippery Noodle, and they had condescending creep. No, I'm not trying. I, did. I was I was applauding your your musical choice. There's a basement in the Slippery Noodle. It's a pretty big place, and if you get a chance to check it out online, go do it because it's got a great great story, a backstory. It was a it was a, a, a station in the Underground Railroad. It was a distillery during Prohibition era. A lot of cool stuff, and we're down in the basement, and we kind of took over this room, and it had one of those dome hockey games. Sure. You know the ones? Oh, Checks hockey. Checks hockey. I'd destroy you in that. No, that's, yes, I no, would destroy you in that. Not a chance. They, not a chance. Listen, I know how to play the game. No, I don't think you do. The game I you play talk, best, my best game in the world is Connect Four, but my second best game is okay. Rod Hockey and Checks Hockey. Not the same discipline, by the way. No. Rod hockey, the classic game, right. that's about that's a game of getting the, the puck to the wing and then feeding it to your center iceman for the ram shot. Checks hockey, the game is get it to your defenseman, push it ahead to your center iceman and let him go in one on one on goal. That's that's, that's a part it. of it. But you no, can still no, you that's can still the game. game. Now listen, if you're skilled like me, you can I play the skilled. wing. So I was down there, we were playing well, playing it is not real accurate description. Dominating is what I would say I was doing. I'm down there dominating. We're having a good time. And the place is kind of – it's thinned out. And it's uh, my buddy and I and uh, two other friends we had with us. And the manager comes in. He goes, hey, you know um, – I like that distinction. My my buddy and two of our friends. It's a little weird. But anyway. It is right, weird. Ahead. I'm trying to – listen, maybe it was a little fuzzy. But we're, <laughs> I think that's we're the, sitting I think there. that's the takeaway. And the manager comes in and he goes, hey, you know, we have some VIPs. You were here. like Gronk was on Sunday night. <laughs> no, I was not. I had my shirt on. So the manager comes in, and he goes, hey, you know, some VIPs wanted this room. You know, they're hoping they can get it. And I said, you know, I'll play. Whoever it is, I'll play them for it. Right now, you bring them to this game, we'll play. And he goes, no, how about I give you guys each 20 bucks? And I look at him, and I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm having a good time. And he goes, and so Buddy Guy was playing upstairs, and they were selling tickets for 50 bucks. And my friend goes, oh, you know what? We'll take Buddy Guy tickets. And I said, oh, and a round. So, okay, okay, buddy guy tickets in a round. Fair enough. So we go out, and we're getting ushered out, and it's Maria Menounos. Is oh, my there. friend. Yeah, and I'm like, this is who we're getting – she's on basic cable. Like, this is who I'm getting thrown no, out for. Menounos, by the way, I also want to make mention, go again, Dave Damashek down at NFL.com. She and I caught up once again. We do it every year. We right. catch up. And then for weeks, nay, months afterwards – rumors abound what's going on with those two why are they always together at the super bowl then i have to answer the questions right. you know it's always well this is and that's where exact- i go that's what people are talking about what's going on well with that, that that's what was really upsetting to me because i as we sat down i said we just got kicked out for dave damashek because he's obviously going to be meeting up with her in a matter but of I moments wasn't. and Don't- he wouldn't and he wouldn't let me stay and play and you know what and i was upset like he's not going to come challenge me here playing checks hockey no but you know who did come down the stairs? Wait a second. Who? I just want to clear something up, Adam. Because okay. this is important. I, you know, these rumors are all over the place. Right. And I was not show- I was not meeting Maria Menounos. You were not, no. Night. I right. just wanted to be made okay, clear. No, I'm, I'm gonna, I was not I'm going to clear that up. No, no, Okay. No. All right. I just want to let uh, the record show. She and I, for, you know, for the millionth time, let me say it. We are friends. That is it. 
Okay, and then so she obviously went with option two. And option number two was Tim Tebow. Oh. So Tim Tebow comes down the stairs, goes into the room Wait. that they had cleared us out of. My Maria was with Tebow? Yes. Okay, right. go ahead, please. I don't want to interrupt. No, and I came up and I looked and I'm like, you know, and I went up to the manager again and I said, you know, if I would know, if I would have known that I'm clearing the room for Tim Tebow, I would have asked for at least another round. And the guy rolls his, okay, fine, get him another one. And then somebody else. In um, honor of Tebow, it was Shirley in honor, Temples, though. Yeah. I got a Sharps. So, and then, and then we got another buddy guy ticket for another friend who was coming up. So, in the end, it's now that Tim Tebow bought us buddy guy tickets, two rounds, which I think we ended up milking into three. Kind of a but fair I, trade. I don't remember exactly. Could have been. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Look who's joining us right now. Black tie, play his theme music, would you? He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank. That's right. It's Handsome Hank. How are you, Handsome? Great, guys. How are you? What a pleasure to see you, although I didn't get to see nearly enough of you in the Hoosier State. We I've... were in Indianapolis, and I and you and I barely were. I, I was looking forward to standing drinks with you all week, and we didn't get to do it I know, even I once. I felt the same way. I really, you know, I hear all these great stories, and uh, I'm not sure exactly what I was doing at that time. Probably um, hard at work. Did you enjoy our brand of football this, uh, this time around? It seems like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. It was great. Being at Super Bowls is, is wonderful. Who stood out to you from the people that we met with on NFL.com Live? Did you, did you covet after seeing Robert Griffin III? Did you think to yourself, I, I hope, great. I hope you're, you're, were, were your Dolphins, I'd, are you hoping that that's who they can somehow figure out? I've been saying it for a couple of months now, yeah, I would, I would love the Dolphins to get him. I really enjoyed your conversation, probably my, my favorite part of that show was your conversation with Drew Brees, where I think you guys got off on a, on a tangent about, um, you know, during the offseason, now do you just pig out, do you just eat a lot? <laughs> and then it turned out that Drew Brees was there to promote childhood obesity, and well, not, <laughs> not promote it, to unpromote it, whatever, whatever the deal is. And so you'd been talking to him about you know how much treacle or well, I don't know syrup can you get on your your chicken wings, and then <laughs> and then he was like, well actually you know I want to talk to you about how much children should be exercising. I think um, that was I think that I was, was a deaf. I just thought it was, it was great. That perfect. was a deaf job of hosting by about? me. Yeah. I, I, I let I him right into his point. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a wonderful time. And by the way, I with all that stuff, I keep mentioning the uh, the blog page. The shame report is now up for your perusal. Um, and the NFL, Dave. The oh, NFL. the NFL. That's what I was wanting to get to. Yeah, the NFL. We created one specially for the Giants and Patriots rematch. It was what if David Tyree hadn't made that catch the first time around? How different would history look? So look that one up. And handsome. The next one we already are working on is uh, what if Drew Brees? I don't want to let too much out, but right. what if Drew Brees had gone to the Dolphins? Oh, that'll be a good one. You'll wow. like that. I, well, I, I don't like, think I like the sound of it. I don't think you're gonna like it though. Huh. I think you're going to be – well, no, you will like it, except you'll f- come away bittersweet because you'll realize things could have been much better for the Dolphins. Well, I, I, think, I, think, he, I, I think, think he's that, aware. That's not news. Yeah, he's aware. <laughs> what, you mean Dante Culpepper didn't work out? You know? <laughs> <laughs> the jury's out. Yeah. Quickly, let's talk about – not quick. I don't want to breeze past the, the main event here, Super Bowl Forty Six itself. And um, – it was uh, it was a great game. I, I people always immediately as soon as a good game ends, a good, a good Super Bowl. Now ends, let me ask you, people want to qu- where, where does it stand? Where does it stand? I think off the top of my head, before without getting into hyperbole, and I really haven't considered this, and I really should have since we've had several days to do so. I don't know where it ranks, but I definitely say top ten. Right mm. now, let me ask you a question about that real quick before we get into that. You watched. You stayed for the whole game. Of course. You didn't go home and watch the rest of it on DVR. No, why Nobody would I? Sp- I'm just curious, you know, because you did with the a- NFC Championship game. Where I, you that flew was home, a- and you know, I didn't I know. I just want to make sure. I had to do that. I was, I was, in- I was worried because I saw you in the airport the next day, and I'm like, oh, does Dave know? I'm like, should I? I, I don't want to spoil it for him in case he's got it don't home mock on his. Me. D- in case he's got it home on his DVR, waiting. Hey, everybody! I know the Super Bowl is just. Don't tell me. I got I got the second half. Hey, you know what? I was at the tailgate party. Got a little crazy. 
I got to go home and watch it. Please Handsome, don't talk about it. First of all, I was I was uh, I was rubbing elbows with Dan Rooney. He and I were not <laughs> in the same state you were at the Slippery Noodle <laughs> right. on Saturday. Handsome, you're a digital media expert. Don't you think in the 21st century we need a new set of laws to try and figure out? You can't text people during a game and say, especially if it's your team playing, you can't text people and say, did you see that catch? You don't know where I am. I might be traveling. I might be dealing with children at that point, well, something I, like that. I, and I was, uh, during Super Bowl, was on instant messenger with someone back here in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, we were, I think TV is seven seconds behind or something. So I'm like, wow, Manningham, well, that's incredible. And then they're like, well, thanks. You just ruined, you just that ruined it. And they were watching it live. The <laughs> takeaway from, from Handsome Hanks. The the takeaway from Handsome Hanks' anecdote there is that he calls uh, L.A. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. I like yeah, that. That's all, that's all you heard there. I like it? that very much. And There's then actually, you know, on the same tip, the next day I spoke to my dad who was in the U.K. The fourth quarter of Super Bowl is at 3 a.m. or whatever. He wanted to watch it. It was 3 p.m. the next day. I gave away the whole. <laughs> it is, it is by the way, as a side note, uh, you mentioned the U.K. First of all, thanks to everybody who dropped us a line, but then a lot of people in Indianapolis came up to us, and it's weird to realize, oh, people actually hear our podcast, and they right. actually see our stuff. It's weird to be in India and have yeah. random people what was it, come like up. three or four people? Uh, two. Right. Two. Um, still? But, but those are cool. two people. Yeah, so, yeah, it's still. But what's amazing well, is too to Indy meet Sarah. people. I met people. I met people from Australia who right. came up, and I met a guy. A guy took a picture with me who flew in with his father from Russia for oh, the wow. Super Bowl, and he came up and he said, "I love your the the, the fantasy advice you get." I don't do a Russian accent, as you can hear. Yeah, you do. <laughs> that was pretty good. I, I think I might be doing good. this. Might be like Giselle. I don't know if I'm doing Giselle or a Russian guy right now. Like, the, my, the, my husband cannot catch a pass and throw it at the same time. And I watch you on Fantasy Live all the time. And I like you very much. Can I have a picture with you kind of thing? I love the shame report. This very good. Like, you get that in Russia? Like, oh, yeah. I guess the Internet really is worldwide, as they say. So that was, that was, um, that was good fun. But listen, let's talk about, though, it was a great game. But the thing that my takeaway, and we can talk about Giselle in a minute, too, the thing that is uh, uh, that is sort of odd to me is that every New England fan has made this game, not every, but most New England fans have made Wes Welker's drop the play of the game. Mm-hmm. It's akin to, and I mentioned this in the Shame Report this week, akin to bad Boston fans who think that Bill Buckner's uh, error in, uh, in, in Game 6 of the 86 World Series was the end-all, be-all. Bob right. Stanley and Rich Gedman were more responsible for the loss. Absolutely. And in Super Bowl forty-six, Wes Welker's drop was bad. He should have caught the ball, there's no doubt, but it wasn't a great pass, first of all. And secondly, the 12 men on the field was terrible. Mm-hmm. That's a turnover. The game goes completely differently at that point. Um, that was a terrible play. The, the, the safety, I am very... I consider that very questionable. In this sense, was there anyone within the uh, was there anyone within twenty no. yards of the ball? No. no, no. But have you ever? I've been watching football for four decades. I have never seen an intentional grounding call for a guy who throws it deep over the middle. I've just never I, seen it. There's right. nothing. Yeah. There's no comparison to it. So for that call to be made in the Super Bowl is uh, pretty distinctive, if not unique. And it yep. seemed, it seemed but it was weird. pretty obvious. These referees, I think nobody, uh, instant replay aside, the calls being made on the field sometimes are very questionable. Are we to assume that those same guys that sometimes don't know, like clearly that was a catch, clearly that was a fumble and they get it wrong, those guys can also divine, we expect now, that guy, oh yeah, they can divine whether or not that receiver ran the wrong route. He was supposed to break it up field, but he broke it up. No, no, it was intentional grounding. There was no way anybody was going to be near that ball. Well, Dave, I'd advise you to watch sound effects. I'm not one to show for NFL Network, but I love that show every every week. Sure, great. And they and they just yes, last night the Super Bowl sound effects show was on, and they have the officials in the huddle immediately after the Brady threw that pass, and the conversation they have about was there anyone within range? No, and the guy just throws the flag straight away and and, uh, and pulls up the safety sign. I All right, that but was, that doesn't disprove what I it just said. It doesn't disprove it, no. but it was interesting seeing that conversation happen between the two three officials. Uh, that, you know, that was. I liked seeing how that call was made rather than just one guy throwing the flag on it. What if a quarterback's just terrible? 
Like every time Donovan McNabb <laughs> threw a bounce pass, you could be like, you know, intentional grounding. You're like, no, he's just an awful quarterback. I, you know, Billy I, Joe Tolliver's out there overthrowing people. It. Brady let himself down. He's been too good for too long. I get the call that the guy is that uh, who was it? Was it JPP that was uh, bear? No, it was no, OC. It was Tuck. Tuck who's bearing down on yep. him there as he le- as uh, Brady lets fly there. So I can see you know he's just trying to get rid of the ball. But again. Up the middle of the field. That's a very tough call to make no matter what. I, it just, I, it's easy to, mi- to have a miscommunication with that, too, where you think, you know, if you and the receiver are reading something At a glance, Brady's looking up in a split second. He decides but to he, unleash. He never, ever complained about it. You saw him after, after that play, after safety. He wasn't in the official's face mm-hmm. saying this isn't the case. He walked off the field. Well, interesting. And he's not, and, he's, he's, he is known for moaning a little bit about All that things. is prelude to the Welker drop. But, again, four minutes to go in the game. They would have had the ball at the 20 there. The way the Giants' defense is playing, certainly the Patriots would have had a chance to get a touchdown and the game would have been over. But the, the, but the stronger likelihood with the way that game was going is the Patriots weren't going to score a touchdown. They're going to kick a field goal and, and Eli gets the ball back with, let's say, two minutes to go and has to score a touchdown, which he did. I'm not saying that it would have been as easy as it ended up being, but still, it's not like the game is over mm-hmm. because Welker catches that ball. To me, after Ahmad Bradshaw's touchdown as he tries to sit down on an invisible chair is what it looked like to me. (laughs) But after that play, Brady gets the ball. And the first play of that drive, and Brady was off the mark several times in the second half there. but After Tuck drove him into the ground. Never more. Never. That's right. Never more than on the first play of that drive with a minute to go. Mm -hmm. He tries to throw it to Deion Branch over the middle about 15, 20 yards downfield, and he throws it well behind Branch. The defender jumps up and maybe tips it with a finger, maybe Mm -hmm. doesn't, but it's so far behind Branch he can't get it. If Brady puts that ball in the right spot, and a guy who's known for his accuracy like Tom Brady is, it it was a wildly bad throw. If he puts it on the money in front of Branch, Branch catches it in space. Go back and look at this play. He catches it in space. He certainly gets the ball inside a Giants territory. Likely gets out of bounds with say 50, 55 seconds left in the game. The clock stopped and at least, what was it? One timeout? Or, one or timeout. Two? There was only one timeout left there. So they had, would have had one timeout in Giants territory. The game would have been very different. So the bottom line is to me that Welker's drop, very bad but not the end-all, and Belichick deserves a lot of the blame, and Brady does, the two figureheads of this uh, so-called dynasty. And I'm going to say it again, and I don't care what people, I don't, you know, Patriots fans get so upset with me. How dare you? It's so petty. You're so small. I'm going to punch you in the neck if I ever meet you in person, (laughs) uh, uh, Damashek, that kind of stuff. But the fact is they have not won a Super Bowl in eight years, and since Spygate happened, they are over. Say whatever you want. You can talk about David Tyree all you want. You can talk about Welker's drop all you want. But the fact is, zero. All right, guys. I got a couple of Twitter questions for you guys in relation to the Super Bowl. The all first right, from, Black Neil, from Neil Dalton, right? Neil, yes. my man. You know Neil? Neil and I converse on the Twitter a lot. Okay. You seem to converse a lot on Twitter. Do you do it? <laughs> I, I'm right? sorry. You know he what? He converses I'm with his 11 guy. followers I'm all the I'm sorry. Time. That's what happens. Exactly. Don't take my jokes, you son of a... <laughs> All right, so he asks, will Welker be remembered as Super Bowl's GOAT, or will that be Giselle? Well, the Giselle thing, well, that's what we love to have Handsome Hank come in here and do, and he reads uh, his favorite quotes of the week for us. Why don't we talk about that? That's what everybody's been talking about, well, that and Gronk. Mm-hmm. And let me say about Gronk, too, my personal opinion on that is he's a young guy. He had the bum ankle, a lot of pressure on him all week. I know it seems bad, and I always hate. I heard Roethlisberger I've heard plenty of stories about in his rookie season after they lost to the Patriots in Pittsburgh um, in uh, 2004, January of odd five, that two hours after the game, he was out having a, a gay old time, you know, dancing. Well, on. he turned out well. So, yeah, I guess it's no big deal. <laughs> he does have those two rings. So, listen, I, I get it. It's a, from a, if, if you're a fan, you mourn for the next two months about something like that. The players turn the page. I listen. Everybody mourns in their own way. That's what I'll say. And it, so, and and the the good news is for fans, the ankle looks just fine based on him jumping around. <laughs> um, but the other takeaway story is uh, is is Giselle's comments. And uh, handsome, why don't you read them for us? Okay. My husband cannot damn throw the ball and catch the ball at the same time. 
I can't believe they dropped the ball so many times. What? This was, <laughs> that was handsome Hank trying to do a Brazilian woman, and somehow you sounded you sounded like Giuseppe. My husband cannot cannot catch up with the ball. That's not Brazilian. I don't know. He and my husband, I cannot carry, cannot make a spicy uh. meatball. He cannot make it and eat it at the same time. Okay. All right. Try well, it again. That's what she's I'm not trying it again. That Please, was fine. There's nothing it. wrong with that. that. Read it as yourself. All right. My husband cannot throw the ball and catch the ball at the same time. Bunchen said, I can't believe they dropped the ball so many times. Uh, and then Brandon Jacobs, and this is the best response possible. He is the angriest champion in history. He won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. <laughs> I've never, the, even the next day, he was still angry. Well, I saw him so... interviewed on, on Monday. He was, yeah. he was very, very cross. Brandon Jacobs said, she just needs to continue to be cute and shut up. Well, that's not very nice. No, it's not. Here's my thought on this. My takeaway is this. I know everybody likes to have their fun and say whipped, and I like to call him uh, Tom Bunchin and everything yeah. else. But this is what I want. I played. Li- I want my old lady doing that. I played When I was in Little League, right. I assure you, Mo Damashek, even if the ball hit me in the glove and went into, and went into the outfield and, and let the Yankees score two runs in the bottom of the fifth and lost uh, my Giants the game, that's, that's see, this that is not just happened. a, this isn't an empty <laughs> anecdote. This is actually, you know, Mo Damashek wasn't like, yeah, you really cost uh, the team, the ge- it cost your team today. You oh, really blew a, the game. You, no wonder you're so coddled. Well, what's she supposed to say? She's supposed a, to say it's your fault? Yes. Is Giselle supposed to say, Tom, boy, you played a lot better. Let's exactly. My, oh, yeah. See, my mom used hey, to do that. Like we, we're, When we're walking through the airport, Tom, please, you got to walk uh, five steps behind <laughs> me. I'm, I'm ashamed to be seen. What's she supposed to say? My mom couldn't tell me enough that Daryl Kyle was a much better player than I was. You were on the well, same I'm, baseball team as Daryl Kyle? No, no, no. He was a uh, different team. But we'd play on all-star teams and stuff. Like, why aren't I starting? You're like, Daryl Kyle's way better than you are. <laughs> is that like, right? Oh, okay. Same. So, it happened to me in high school basketball too. We had this this kid who was on our team named uh, Jeremy McKee, and I would be like, God, I, I just you know need to get you know get some playing time. My dad's like, Well, who's starting in front of you? And I'm like, Jeremy McKee. And he goes, Oh, that's, that's a good player. He knows what he's doing. You're like, oh, Okay, thanks, guys. About twenty or twenty five years ago, I I half kiddingly said to uh, to Amir in my home, uh, I once said, Who's better looking than you? baby something like that you know just jokingly <laughs> talking about my uh my rugged oh, a good mirror look. okay a rugged good look <laughs> i thought you were sorry <laughs> I th- yeah i thought he was talking to some guy named amir yeah <laughs> yeah i was at uh i was at amir's falafel on sunset boulevard <laughs> hey amir who's, who's better looking than me you? i don't know but uh, do you want us <laughs> Do you want the spicy falafel? Uh, my wife in the back, uh, Gisela, can I make it for you? Um, so, yeah, so my, I said that, and my mother, I didn't even solicit her opinion. She said, oh, Christopher Reeve is better looking than you. This is before Christopher Reeve was sitting. You know, this was, uh, this, uh, this is Superman era. Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve? Of all the human beings, that's the one you take out? The, the, the Chris Reeve? Well, I think that's, the, that's like the next one up from you, and then there's just... Thousands of well, you know he, he, he the Superman era of Christopher Reeve cuts a uh, f- uh, familiar figure with handsome Hank. I've here. said it before. It's his English so doppelganger. So would Mo Damashek think that handsome Hank is more handsome than you? By the transitive property, I think so. And we better keep Mo Damashek away from <laughs> uh, one Mister Handsome Hank. Yeah, I'm worried about that. But yeah, am I, am I right? That shouldn't the the fact the only difference between this and any other interaction between. Almost any other player, I would think. Maybe you hear those stories about Todd Marinovich's old man, you know, yelling at him and pushing him to be better, and you hear those stories about some guys. But for the most part, isn't everyone's lo- aren't everyone's loved ones after a game saying that wasn't your fault, that was the other guys? But doesn't that isn't that know. the way I mean, it goes? It was probably, Except there was a video camera there because she's a supermodel. I think Jake Vanessa Bryant wouldn't say that. Mrs. DeLome after that six of deception <laughs> playoff game, kind of being like, "Hey, Jake, that wasn't. That, I don't know what she's the other all, guys were doing." She was like, "I'm riding home with Brenda yeah, Warner." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. Maybe there are a few exceptions. Yeah, there's really like, uh, can't you give me something? Uh, come on, Mama DeLome. Can't you say something like, <laughs> "I wish I could." Yeah. Nope. No. Let's let, listen. Maybe I got nothing. It's, maybe it's time for the next phase of uh, of your life. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. maybe or they'll give to... you the condescending, like you know, it was a good season. <laughs> <laughs> you've had some. You've had some great moments in your career. You guys won twelve games this year. 
I, I just don't have a beef with it. I think it's one of the great non-stories I've I've uh, come across in some time. Except that unless – and these guys do have egos, obviously. NFL players have egos. I imagine that they can uh, that they can handle it inside the Patriots locker room, unless those Patriots receivers are, are sort of like, oh, is that what you uh, do? You agree with that? Will you agree with your wife, Tom? Is it all our fault? I but I don't imagine that will have any lingering effects. No. By the way, speaking really, of wide receivers wait, wait, for the Patriots, would you have refused to sign if you were uh, Underwood? Tyquan Underwood gets cut the day before the game, then re-signs the day after. I would say, no, I'm going anywhere but back to you, Patriots. No, I think they'll take care of him. They'll give you know they'll they'll, they'll look after him. Yeah, he He's, needs to, he he need, he probably likes money. Yeah, that's probably true. Anyway, what were you going to say there? Uh, the Giselle thing. It should also be noted that she did not go up to a reporter and say these things. It was somebody overhearing yeah. her. So I don't know. Oh, it's it, not even on. Yeah, I guess it was. It, it, it was to fans, wasn't it? As they were leaving think, the stadium. I think she that's was just. I, I think she was just talking to somebody. And somebody overheard it. And I don't know how I feel about it because you feel that most people feel that way, but she would never say it. I don't know. It just seems a little like, yeah, that's what you would be saying to your friends kind of thing. I also think, though, here's the other thing I take away from it. I like, I've said it many times before, we just talked about Gronkowski's behavior, Roethlisberger, oh, this is, that's entirely alleged. I don't know what Roethlisberger, but I've heard stories of, that uh, the night of that championship game he was out and about. But I'm sure that there are myriad tales like that. And in fact, Max McGee, the hero of Super Bowl One for the Packers, was out the night before the game. That's Listen, fine. Everybody lighten up. Everybody's so politically correct. That being said, the thing I Wait. do... What? You hate when players... I was just going to say, listen, I was just about to say, I like for the players to care as much as I do, and I find it nice and refreshing and all that, that Tom Brady, with all his great deeds, with his great career that ends up in the Hall of Fame, is destroyed after the game. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. If I'm a Patriots fan, I like that he's sharing my misery like that. That's, I, I you know... I prefer that as a fan than Gronk's behavior. I'm saying I, you know, it's it's also it's also I, I have to get up on Mount Pius and look down on Gronkowski if I'm to judge his behavior. I don't know what 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 led up to that. He's I'm sure he's devastated as well. Maybe he had a couple of white Russians and one thing led to another. <laughs> Maybe he had some painkiller in that ankle. The chemistry led to to you know some nonsense for a 22 year old guy. Whatever. Yeah, I I I. I'm not forgiving it, you understand. Right. I'm saying I lo- but I'm praising Tom Brady, that devastation. It's true, and I agree. He bet- it, well, I agree with myself, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> he, and, he and Belichick, they're going to go down as great. You know, right. Both are all, all one of the great coaches, one of the great QBs and everything. But how can you ever say that you can – you would be hard-pressed to make a case that either guy is the best at, at their respective gig – when they haven't won without Spygate. True or false? Am uh, I being too cynical? Nope. No. There's a, you know, it, it reminds me People of, don't like it. People say, if he had won, though, then what would you think? If, they, if, they'd right. won, if they'd won that game, would that be the best coach and best player or best quarterback of all time? In the conversation, if they would have won the two Giants games, if they would have gone 19-0 and and won this game, oh, no doubt. without question, yeah. they would have had but it just all. Just this one I'm talking about. But this one, it would have put them in the conversation with Joe Montana. Would have put them in the conversation with I Chuck Noll and Terry Brescia. They're already uh, in that conversation. Still a step below. Oh, I listen. I you know obviously I like the Steelers. I think you'd be hard pressed to, yeah. to convince Sorry. most people that, Ta- that Terry Bradshaw is better than Tom Brady. You know what I? I'd love to. See, I mean, the the statistics. You can't apply statistics though, because it's the same as you know comparing errors in baseball. You can't right, quarterbacks right, right. quarterbacks threw more interceptions and and for fewer yards than they do now. The average NFL QB in twenty eleven throws for way more yards than the best quarterback in but, uh, in, uh, in nineteen eighty. But I don't think it's my imagination to say that the teams in the seventies were better because. Instead of all these transient guys switching teams every year, you had these great teams that played year in, year out. There were three teams in the AFC that were battling every year. It was the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Dolphins. The NFC had the Rams, the Cowboys, and the Vikings. And those were the best teams, the elite of the elite. Yeah, sometimes the Cardinals would sneak in, the Broncos would sneak in and do something. But for the most part, it was those teams. And when it came down to it, Terry Bradshaw beat Stabler every time. Or not every time, they 
Did they lose to them in 76? Yep. Yeah, okay. But so, that but, was without for Franco, most, Harris, right. and Rocky Blyer. Right, and it's one of those things where, you know, he came out on top of that. He came out on top of the Staubach games. It's hard not to do it. And when you look uh, at well, and when you look at Tom I'm Brady, I'm saying the majority of people would be hard pressed. You okay. can convince me. All right. <laughs> hey, black tie swinging his arms around. What's going on, Black Tie? What's what's the story here? Nothing. I just got another tweet for you guys. Oh, um, but we're in the middle of a think, conversation. I, I don't think we even answered that last tweet either. I think the, the question I was who answer can, it. I no, we, I don't think we, my answer not, is neither. It's is Brady. That, yeah, it's okay. not Giselle. It's Brady it's, and Belichick. I said that. I said those are the two chief goats there. What's the next one there? Well, I have uh, two. It was a quick one from Tristan. It's uh, is there any way Giselle could suit up and play wide receiver so she can know how hard it is? To which Adam Rank, I have to say, phrasing, phrasing, and then. And another one from Dan McGinnis says, do you and David ever get white boy wasted? Well, I guess he hasn't heard the early part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know. Yes, I think no. Rank has Rank I do not. This is a reference to Jalen Rose's comments Damn, about yeah. Grunk. About Gronkowski. Oh, yeah. Jalen Rose said he was what? White boy wasted? Mm-hmm. Shirt off, swinging around, jersey short. Oh. Uh, no, I, I do don't not. get that way. No, I do not. I, I don't want to disgust anyone who's out uh, for a night of pleasure in a public uh, facility. I, I would not uh, remove my shirt. And I say Damashek and I are more like, you know, we're like, if you watch the original Ocean's Eleven, we would be sitting there putting back belts, that kind of sophisticated. I stay in drinks. That's what yeah. I do. Yeah. I'm you like know, Draper. Yeah, who, you know, who, by the just... way, I ran into Draper on oh, the did? streets yeah. of Indianapolis. That he was, was around. That was grand. Yeah, he's a mm-hmm. wonderful fellow. What a, he's such a regular fellow, that uh, John Hamm. Just immediately talking Cardinals, baseball, and football. Yeah, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a swell fellow. Ran into him on the streets oh, of Indianapolis. Cool. You should get around. him on the show, Dave. I'd like to. Listen, I'd like to have him on the show. He's a, but... a big-time guy, though. He's a... Uh, A-list Hollywood guy. I'd like to get him on the show. I thought, I thought you just said he was a regular guy. Yeah. Well, Which, it can't be both. What is he it? He is. Well, you're, uh, you know what, Handsome Hank? I will dash off an email. What's his him. number? Let's call him right now. <laughs> All right. Now. Oh, we Black got... Tie, you want to ask us another question? I can't read. Just speak, Black Tie. I can't read through the glass. I think we have a guest. You have the, the, the magic of a microphone. You can just speak. <laughs> we need to toss the Victor Cruz interview that we did. Yeah. Minutes ago, and then we need to get out of here. Why? Because I have stuff to do. Well, what a party pooper, Black Tie. When we're talking about Super Bowl, we're still coming down from the trip in Indy. I, we haven't even decided if which stadium was better, Lucas Oil or Cowboys Stadium. Oh, I, for me, it was uh, Lucas Oil. The whole experience, Lucas Oil experience, was great. Okay, now, obviously, Indianapolis dominated, and I'm ready to kiss them into the Super Bowl rotation. Uh, Miami. Tampa, you guys are out. Don't 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 count on uh, don't count on that kind of weather though that we got in Indianapolis. Again. It didn't matter because you could have used the skywalks and we would have been. That's fine. true. It's weird. You can you never have to walk outside if you're in downtown. Well, there was one guy. There was a member of the media who made it his mission to only wear shorts and flip flops all week, and he was going to walk. Was it the from kid? Was place it the, to place with with. Uh, but the guy from the Chronicle. I have no idea who he was. He was there in slippers one day in the yeah. media center. Terrific. I wish I could remember his name. Great bit. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Self-imposed nonsense. Anyway, okay, yes. continue. Uh, but experience, because Indianapolis, but stadium-wise, still Lucas Oil? No. Yeah, you know, I wasn't uh, – th- th- listen, to me, Cowboy Stadium was a spectacle because of its largesse. It's sort of like liking Vegas over San Francisco. I'm not – well, I guess Lucas Come Oil on, Lucas Oil wasn't that nice because its scale was – Magnificent, but I didn't think the stadium, the giant scoreboard, and everything. I thought for a viewing, from from a viewing standpoint, that uh, Lucas Oil was great. There are mm-hmm. those giant screens in uh, in either corner of the end zone. You know, in one, in both end zones, you could see everything you wanted to see. Both great big HD TVs. I thought it was great. I it's, loved the red brick. I, I oh, thought that gosh. was cool. I thought it was built more for the fans. It seemed real easy. Like we had no problem going to the concession lines to get nachos and hot dogs and things like that. And it was really easy. The re- But the Cowboy – okay, yeah, I know. I'm a fat guy. Yeah, done. Thank you. For those of you who have never seen me in person, I, I, I apparently cut a similar figure the glass to Chris Farley. Empty. The glass yes. half-empty way of looking that, uh, that is, is that Lucas Oil Stadium was enabling. Yes. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit like I was in the I was in the drive-through line last night and uh, I called my wife and I said, "Man, I go, I gotta lose some weight." You know, this is getting bad. She's like, "Where are you right now?" And I'm like, "Del Taco," but not tonight. I'm not doing it. Yes, everybody's enabling me. 
Handsome Hank, what was the better stadium? Now you, I, you I'm made a totally face. Taken, no, I'm, I'm entirely taken in by by the size and and sheer sort of spectacle of of Cowboy Stadium. I like that. It seems I, like and it I was, had nothing against Lucas Oil Stadium, but I really well, like. Apparently, the Cowboys you do. One. It seems like it was built for the aristocrats, the the high end fans. Where Lucas Oil seems to be built for football fans. Yeah. Well, one one last thing, and then we'll get to Victor Cruz. The the thing that was weird about Cowboy Stadium to me is is that they have those luxury boxes that are field level mm. and are almost subterranean. You're yep. about like you know they in fact you're at about waist, waist level of, the, of a player of the field, and they wrap all the way around the the field. And the best ones, presumably, are the ones at the 50-yard line, except for the fact when the game's going on, then you're sta- well, staring I, at three rows of players' bums, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. How do you see anything in what's going ones, on? I don't think they can be the best ones. The best ones are – especially on But Super those Bowl, are probably so- million-dollar suites, and what, 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 you, you wouldn't be able to see the actual well, you're game, watching right? watching on TV. You've got the big That's screen. That's why you got that big screen. <laughs> you got the big screen. I mean, it's there. neat to be close, but if you can't see the game, I don't really That's see the virtue. That's the big screen's full. Right. Again, that's made for people who just want to say that they went to Cowboy Stadium. They want to text their friends, "Hey, look, you know, we're uh, here's a picture." They'll tweet here's out Tony a, Romo's backside. A, yeah, here's a picture from the bench. You know, like those kind of people who aren't fans. Where I don't feel that there's a lot of opportunity for that in Lucas Oil Stadium, except in one end zone. All right, let's talk to a guy who uh, forever, for now and forever, will, uh, like I say, have his name in the record book, is having caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl along with a bunch of other passes all season long. Dynamite, uh, spectacular receiver. It's Victor Cruz. How are you, man? Congratulations. I'm doing well, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. How you been spending the last few days? I bet celebrating around Manhattan, eh? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, just kind of uh, soaking in all the moments, man, and, and just embracing everything that comes along with winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I imagine. But here's my question for you. Yeah, I, from almost every guy associated with the Giants that I've seen over the last few days, you're enjoying the moment. Answer me this. What's up with Brandon Jacobs? What's he so angry about? He's always yelling and screaming the last few days. <laughs> that's him, man. That's him. Uh, you know, he's just su- such a an emotional player that just loves his team, man, and loves his players. And, and uh, you know, the fact that we won a Super Bowl, you know, it kind of gives him – he likes to have free range to kind of just, you know, he can say whatever he wants to say now. And, uh, you know, we love that about him, man. He's such an open guy. And, and um, you know, he's the, heart, he's the heartbeat of our team. So I, I love the guy to death personally, and he's just uh, – he's always on edge all the time. Well, uh, first of all, I want to talk, you know, so many big plays. Congratulations forever now. You're in the record book as having a touchdown reception in the Super Bowl. That's got to be pretty awesome for you. What about the drop, though, by Welker? Was that the play of the game? What did you see from the sideline? Did you think, wow, that is, uh, that's a ball he absolutely should have had, bad pass? What, were your, what was your reaction in the moment? Um, well, definitely, that was definitely the, the play that could have turned the entire ball game around. And, and, uh, you know, we knew that, but, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, Wes Welker's made some, some pretty good catches, some pretty amazing catches in his career. So I definitely, you know, with his, his, uh, you know, his level of athleticism, I think he definitely could have come down with that ball, but, you know, I understand how difficult it is in this league trying to catch a football that you think may be right there. You can catch it and it just slips your grasp. So, um, you know, by no means am I downplaying that. And, and um, you know, that was, that's just a tough game, man. They had a tough game, especially down the stretch with a couple a couple of drops. But, uh, you know, that's part of the game, man. It's unfortunate for him. Yeah, and even if he makes that catch, you guys still have to go down and score. When you came onto the field, was there any doubt that Eli was going to lead you guys down the field for the winning touchdown? Um, you know, we had no doubt. We knew we were going to drive the field and, and, um, and we were going to do all the necessary things we needed to do to win this game. And uh, it, it's weird because the whole drive and every chunk of yards that we get and then after the Mario Manningham catch, it was just uh, I knew right after that that we were going to win this ball game and we just had to keep doing everything right and everything in, in our power to drive the field and, and put points on the board. It's a, a semi-famous story that uh, Joe Montana, at the start of uh, the drive against the Bengals to win the Super Bowl back in uh, 1989, I think it was, made a joke about seeing John Candy in the crowd. Does Eli, he doesn't strike me as the sort of guy who's joking around in the huddle or, or tell us something we don't know. Uh, yeah, he's definitely not telling too many jokes in the huddle. He's a guy that's just, 
it's focused on the task at hand. We're just driving the field and and just letting everybody know their their responsibilities on on every route and every play. So um, you know, he's just locked in, man. He's locked in. He's locked and loaded every 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 drive, every uh, every time we have the football. He's understanding what he has to do and making his reads. Now, Victor, you've brought the salsa back. Have you become sick of it now? Because <laughs> it seems like now that you're doing the rounds, everybody asks you to do it. Are you regretting that at all? Uh, nah, not really, man. Um, you know, it's a, it's an honor to, to represent my my uh, my heritage, my well, part of my heritage, being Puerto Rican and representing the Latin culture. And and um, you know, it's a time and a place for it, obviously. But um, I never get tired of doing it. Wait a second. So why do you bring that up, Brent? You have a just, suggestion well, for just, him? I you have a 2012 not. suggestion? No, there? but I'm going to have him do the robot. Oh, yeah, something cool like that. <laughs> what about, cool. Hey, did you catch uh, the videos with Rob Gronkowski dancing after the Patriots lost? What do you, did you, because I'd like your critique on that as a, as a dancing expert. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I heard about it, though. I heard about it. And, um, you know, I heard he did pretty well. I'll have to see the video for myself uh, to make a better assessment on it. But uh, I heard he did pretty well. Hey, what about that? You don't have to pull back the curtain entirely. But when you lose a big game, is that something that's pretty common among the Giants or your experience that you go out and you let loose a little bit to, to try and, uh, you know, put a little salve on the wound of a, of a tough loss? Um, I don't think so. I think our, our MO has always been, uh, you know, we celebrate when we win and when we lose, we, we go home and we think about it and think about how that feels and not let it happen again. So I think, uh, you know, we, we don't really like to go out. You know, I'm not going to say we don't, that people have not gone out or, or have enjoyed themselves on a loss. But for the most part, I think we understand that when we lose, it's a, it's a full team loss. And we kind of, uh, you know, take that night to kind of think about it and think about the things we did wrong and think about how we can move forward. See, I would be afraid of upsetting Brandon Jacobs because he's a grump when you guys win. I could imagine if you're doing that when you lost. He's a guy that you don't want to upset, man. Brandon Jacobs is, uh, you know, on top of him being, you know, 270 or whatever he is, he, he's definitely one of, the, one of the more emotional guys on the team. So you don't want to you don't want to tick him off. 270. I didn't know he was that big a guy. Wow. Hey, Victor. All right. Listen, you're the Lombardi is yours. There's no taking it away at this point. Be square with me now. Week four Uh-oh. in Arizona. That was a fumble. Come on. I was down, man. I was down. You were down. I was down. You were down. I was down. I saw. I was unaware of the rules at the time, obviously, but when it happened, I knew. I saw the defender coming inside, and I was just getting myself down, and and I thought he touched me, so I kind of got up and was going back to the huddle, but. uh you know, my lesson is definitely learned from that from that moment. And from now on, every two-minute drill, I'm giving the ball to the referee, and I'm lining up and lining up for the next play. So well, how definitely about, learned my lesson. That's one play. And, I mean, I, you can do this with any team that goes all the way to win the Super Bowl. But it seems this year, these New York Giants, there are at least a dozen plays that I can name throughout the regular season that if that one play had gone differently, you guys don't even make the playoffs. I mean, you know, the – the uh, JPP block at the end of regulation, the, you know, Miles Austin loses it in the lights. You can go on and on with this. Do you guys talk about that? Were you guys leading up to the Super Bowl or even after saying, can you imagine how we, that we even got into these playoffs? Um, not really, man. We just knew that, um, you know, we, we took advantage of all of our opportunities and, and certain teams kind of dropped the ball or had to overthrow or, or we did what we did and, and blocked the kick. So we understood that we did our part and, and to win every game that we possibly could. And, and, um, some other teams just didn't execute as well as we did. And, and, uh, some unfortunate last minute things that they could have done to win the game ended up being, uh, you know, the deciding factor on why we won. So it's definitely been, uh, you know, a, a nerve-wracking year with those last-minute plays and those certain plays that could change the whole uh, perspective of the season. So uh, it's definitely been crazy. But, you know, we're just happy we, we were on the on the positive side of those plays and, and we're able to win a Super Bowl. Hey, uh, Rank here started calling you way back in September, started telling me your name. And Victory you, Cruz. And now, yeah, not only did you make me a fantasy uh, champion, you're now an NFL champion. How do you like <laughs> I think let's spread that. I think Victory Cruz... I think that's a great nickname. 
I like it. I like it. Uh, it's not the first time I've heard it, but it's definitely a good one. All right, Lombardi Trophy, and also congratulations on the Vizio Top Performer Award there. Again, you did it for uh, having a monster season in spite of uh, not making the hugest chunk of loot in the world. But again, like Rank says here, we expect that, that that's going to change very soon for you. So congratulations on all the success, man. Uh, thank you very much, man. The Vizio is, is such a prestigious award, and I'm just happy to... Uh, thanks to all the great fans to be able to to win this award. And, and uh, thank you to everyone at Vizio and all the fans that voted for me. I, I really appreciate it. All right. And I don't want to do it, uh, Victory, but let's. Be, I think it's required by law. Let's all salsa together right now, real quick, for two seconds. Come on. Let's just salsa. <laughs> let's for, do it. Let's is that do it? Is that, am I do, who's a better salsa dancer? I'm one. Victor is uh. two. Rank is three. All right. Hey, Victor Cruz, thanks so much and enjoy the uh, offseason in Manhattan. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, so there you go. I enjoyed him. Of course, he's uh, up on cloud nine right now. There, Victory Cruz. That's going to catch on now. We'll see. He said he's heard it before, though. From me, because he probably watches Fantasy Life. Oh, that's probably true. Handsome Hank, here's what I would say to you. In fact, I'm going to ask. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to ask it to you. Don't you think that that belongs on the page, our interview with uh, Victor Cruz? We have video. We can give it to you. Well, then why not? Well, then, Why don't, don't I have it already? Don't put the NFL Network interview with Victor Cruz on there. Put the one with uh, Rank and Damashek. Well, I may put both. How about that? I think I'm going to go back to my original point. Why don't you put uh, the one with me and Rank up there? I just said I would. All right, but not the other one. What, now you're telling me to withhold? People see, on different. TV, they're fancy. They're, they get to be on TV and they'll put us out there for once. Let people see us. Well, hold on a second, Dave. What if I tell you that the NFL, my favorite thing that you do... Uh, will be on the NFL Network today on NFL Total Access. Is that true? That is a true story. Wow. So, now, so wait, now you're one of the fancy guys. Can I tell you something? Yes. Well, that's not me. That's an animated version of me. But let me say this to you, what, what, and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here because apparently black tie is more important things to do, like go watch <laughs> NFL Network. But uh, listen, well, you should watch the NFL. I didn't realize it was going to be on. Listen, Trey Wingo came up to me at uh, – I saw it. Came up to me in Indianapolis, and he came, said, "Were you with anyone else at the time?" I was with uh, with uh, Adam Rank, actually. Wait, did he come up to you and Adam Rank? No, no. He came up to me and he said, uh, "Hey, uh, Dave, Trey Wingo." And I said, "Trey Wingo, of course. I've been watching you for twenty years. I'm a big fan of yours." And he said, "I want I want to let you know, NFL, big fan, love it, love love the NFL. Mm -hmm. It's really it's really good stuff." And he shook my hand and he started to walk away. And Rank. <laughs> Rank, I mean, it was, it couldn't have been, it was just so contentious the way he did. He's like, I'm Adam, by the way. Sticks nah, his mid out. That's not what happened. Sticks his <laughs> big That's exactly, exactly not what happened. That is what happened. I said, nice to meet you, too. Oh, nice to, not, yeah. So you snuck, you basically, nice to meet you, too. Yeah. Which is, yeah, you're yeah, tweaking yeah, him. Yeah, of course I Why should. does he have to do that? To, why, because we were you? standing together. He's what did I just say about people on TV? They don't they, they're not like you and me. They play by a different set of rules. He doesn't have to stop in glad hand with you. He That's does. why it was nice for him to come over and say something like that. Good, and I hope his takeaway from that is like his sidekick's a real A. No, now he no. What it, his takeaway is like that was a real mistake to ever say anything to Dave Damashek. Now, yeah, I wish good. I hadn't have done that. Good. What well, I don't understand. Good nothing. You stink. All right. Oh, before we get out of here, though, we have to do what we always do, and that's uh, honor the player who wore it best, uh, the, the player who wore the episode number best, number 53 in this case, and uh, who are candidates there? Jim Harry, Youngblood. Jim Youngblood, yeah. Jack's brother from the yeah. L.A. Rams. Not brothers. Not they brothers. Both, they both, don't you see, they both were defensive players on the same Rams team. Their last name is Youngblood, but they're not related. That's amazing to me. We, no asked, cares about we that. asked Jack Youngblood about that in a previous episode. He said he thought it was interesting. Most people don't care nearly as much as I do. But all right, we have him. We have Harry Carson, mm -hmm. great middle linebacker, mm -hmm. of course, for those Giants. Um, Dirt Winston of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brian Hinkle, great linebacker, outside linebacker. Played a little inside, too, if uh, memory serves. Uh, you had Clark Hagens, Super Bowl champion for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Randy Gratishar, didn't Ooh. he wear 53? Oh, was it that or was it 63? No, he didn't wear 63. It was definitely a 50. It was 53 or 58. I'm pretty sure it was 53. Randy Gratishar, he wouldn't beat out Harry Carson, though. No. Um, anybody else? Any other sport? Yeah, Seems Don like Joe Klein wore that, the old center, the overpaid center. Okay. From SMU. That makes sense. 53. But it's Don Drysdale. 
Don Drysdale, 53. Ooh. All right, Harry Carson or Don Drysdale? That's what it comes down to in my book. Handsome Hank, you don't watch our sport of baseball, so you don't really. Uh, I can't. I, 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 I'm a big Carson fan. Yeah, he's. Hank's disqualified. Uh, Got to be Drysdale. Got to be? Yeah. All right. I don't think. I mean, it's both of them are Hall of Famers in their respective sports. I have a lot of respect for Harry Carson. If you saw the pick six I did, I had him I as didn't. number. You did because it was on the show that we were doing. Uh, he, I wasn't I, paying attention. I had him as number three, although I think Eli's going to start making his way up that top six. Don Drysdale, if you look at all-time Dodgers, him and Koufax, Jackie Robinson, you should. Jackie Robinson, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I doesn't s- know who he is still. Um, I still say John, Don Drysdale. All right, let's go with Don Drysdale. And with that black tie, congratulations. We're going to stop the show now. Thanks to Victor Cruz for joining us. Handsome Hank, a pleasure to see you as always. We'll kibitz next week. We have Steve Smith as a possibility, right, uh, our old pal? Get his review of the Pro Bowl, the nonsense that went on over there. Be we got to get into the Chauncey Billups stuff. I want to talk about, oh, yeah, I got to talk about uh, NBA. We got to track down Jalen Rose. Love talking to Jalen Rose to show that we can talk about more than just NFL football. We'll talk about uh, basketball and such. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.